Podcast World. This is Caribbean Power Lunch, where we feature Black-owned businesses. Our guest host tonight is the elegant, sassy, classy, Miss <laughs> Zara Allen. Hello, hello. And our guest, who's not as elegant, <laughs> but just as special, my good friend, Mr. Dominic Hutch. What up, what up, what up? What do you do and why? As most people know, I design and manufacture swimwear and resort wear. Not limited to that, but that's my main portrait or whatever. However, they would put it. But I'm a production designer. Production designer? Meaning I design and produce my own stuff. Okay, okay. So when you say production, what do you mean? At the moment, sewing everything. All right, and you so- you would actually go out and source the materials? Yeah, and- from fabric, lining, thread, everything. Elastic, everything you need. Okay, okay. And you, so and you go out and... Negotiate prices for materials. Yeah, they have a couple places I deal with directly, so they'll give me like discounted prices, they'll give me manufacturer discount. So it's a nice relationship to build. Nice yeah. man, nice. So how you got into this field? Where do you where do you start off? <laughs> I know, you know, you oh, and I kind of right. spoke offline <laughs> and you <laughs> um, your story quite interesting, man. Yeah. Podcast will need to know. Well, I don't even have the usual story of the my mom used to do it and I was wanted to be a designer and I do it from the age of five. It was mm. the total opposite. I was involved in a lot of street life. I don't know if how you want to put it. Selling fabric on the street? <laughs> not fabric. <laughs> I used to sell stuff, but not fabric. <laughs> <laughs> I was a young boy growing up. The typical, as they would call it, ghetto story. No father, single parent family, mommy home that's trying to make ends meet. So my brother and I would basically buy him on the streets, get involved with bad company and did like wrong things. And you know what comes with bad company? And then um, a lot of things took place where that was concerned. It had reached a point where it was just the only way I could get out was to leave or die in it. Okay. But deep down, you knew you wanted to get out. Yeah, but I didn't know how. But I didn't, like, designing and so on was nowhere on my mind. Nowhere, not even close. I wanted to be a pilot at first. When I saw the line on the street and line with bad boys and be around mm. drugs and guns, and then I wanted to be an army man. Okay. And then I used to play football too. And I played for a couple of professional teams. And then I went, when I decided to be an army man, I went to play for the army youth team. Okay. And they accepted me. So you did the army? You had to do the training and everything? Pass everything. Pass everything. Serious? Yeah, just the final call I didn't get because when they came down, that's when they used to come down in the area and do, they used to ask your neighbors about you. Right. Right, randomly. Mm-hmm. And um, the day that they came down, we had like a shootout. But not with them, with other guys from my area and from. So what area is this? Arima. I don't want to say the exact place, but Arima. You don't want to say the okay, no yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you want to keep you safe. Yeah, no problem. Only no about the worst places in Arima. But yeah, so that I think hampered me from getting into the army. And after that, I kind of was like, you know, whatever. However it goes, I don't really care. I just live the shit life and blah 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 and whatever. And then I met this girl and. She was the total opposite of me. She grew up in a well brought up family. Okay. You know, they were middle class. It wasn't wealthy, but you know. Mm-hmm. And she was the total opposite of me. Respectful, dressed well, whatnot. And I had no idea how she had fallen in love with me. And I started to change life for her. The first time I went home to her family, we have us dressed and it was like, Who's this little bad boy you bring home? She didn't know where I was living, she didn't know anything of my background. And we just started talking, we ended up clicking. And she eventually said, You know, if you want to come out of our life, you need to change certain things about how you dress, how you talk. And I didn't really care. I was like, Big gold chain, silver teeth in my mouth, and mm. you know, hat, big clothes. You had silver teeth in your mouth? Yeah, like grill and thing, right? grill and thing. For I, lunch, listeners, yeah. if you all see this guy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she was a big influence at that time. Mm-hmm. And then when I started to play football, it teach her a lot about trials. Sports on the whole, it teach her a lot about trials and tribulations. It teach her yeah. a lot about accepting when you lose. Yeah. And trying to do better next time. Yeah, I play for CIC basketball team, so I know about yeah. those. So it's similar to life, like in life. <laughs> <you're>, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's similar, like you don't, you wouldn't know how important sport is until you really like you play something serious that you really want to win, mm-hmm. and you see all the similar things in terms of life. And then it's started same thing with life. Like I started to feel after a lot of things. I was like, I just only block climbing and hiding from police, had to run and dream, and you know all these things. And at some you point, had to run and dream. Yeah, run dream and hide. No, I know that. No, the listeners need to know what. <laughs> Why are you running in a dream? No, it, it, there were a lot of situations where, I mean, police used to kind of like 
pick on us for where we used to be lemon. Right. Because you know we used to be selling drugs, we had like firearms on us, you know whatnot. Okay. And then um usually like what police being police. They just come in, pick on us, switch us down, make us strip our clothes in the road and bar us here. Serious. Yeah, for no oh. reason. So sometimes when you see them coming, as they break the coin, they just run, they jump on a gene and run. It's like the closest nearest entrance. Okay. And <laughs> wow. it wasn't fun, but it was just part of it. And at the moment, I didn't know better. Yeah. I grew up around it, so that's all I knew. I didn't know better, you know. So you never really felt like you was missing out on something. Yeah, I didn't, that was life for me. That was the most enjoyable thing to wake up and go on the block and sell drugs and lime amongst guys that do the same. And like every time somebody got a new gun on the block, we'd go... Uh, the location nearby and yeah, yeah, yeah. test it out <laughs> and you know that, that was fun first watching <laughs> oh yeah yeah first watching but that was fun at that moment because I just do know better mm-hmm. and then stuff started to get very real when friends started to die one by one because we were in a very bad war with another drug tip okay. and it was basically shoot for shoot kill for kill so, so you literally seen your friends die in front of your face and everything yeah <sighs> I myself have been shot so yeah You've been, or you've been shot twice. Twice. Mm-hmm. Seven more times than even. But that's what this. This had a when I'm wake up. When I start to lose people around me, like mm-hmm. this minute, I'm with a partner and a homie, and we you know we eating doubles. The next minute, uh, I see the guys from the other gang area would come in and shoot behind us or run down somebody inside the street and you know shoot out. This is like a teenage years. Yeah. This from the age of 13 to 18. What made you sort of transition out of that? Let's have a scene. When the fire started to get hot, you just start to dance. <laughs> when things started to get hot, mm-hmm. you just wake up and check yourself and say, yo, something had to change. Is it I need to stop lying on the block? Or I need to move out? Or something needs to happen. And basically, I was looking for a way out. I applied for a couple of jobs, certain places. They wouldn't, they wouldn't accept me because we're... I call my address. Okay. Everybody, I would, you live wow. in here. You know, yeah, I was discriminated a lot where I used to live. Sure. And I did sewing in school because literally, all you ever take this in your wrong way. I literally did sewing and cooking in school just because it had girls in the class. Like, no other reason. That's yeah. a big reason why I fell Yeah, I literally did it for that. And I was, there was only two boys in the class, me and another guy. And literally, I took the class for that. I was like, I don't care about like school, me, I don't care any block climbing, you know. The teacher there, she was like my second mother. She would believe in me because every day she would like pull my screen and see like, you know, can't blame about a company, a potential, you know, blah, blah, blah. You want to you see her name and give her a shout out? Yeah, well, she passed away now, Miss Leonis Jerome. Okay, okay. You know, she passed away now. But she had a big influence. So, like, look, on the journey of where I am now, we have a lot of people that influence me, a lot of small ways that all add up. Yeah. And she was one of the main people because she tell me like even when I was doing the class I was doing I was learning well and I tell her like, I will never so like me you mad guys I can't stop anything and, and she would be like boy life does carry you down parts and you would never expect it today you're here and I seen this on a proposed reason I'll never forget her when she said today you're here mm. next week you could be somewhere across the world and so said so done because the past two years, mm-hmm. the amount of countries I went, I used to dream about this. I talk about from Colombia, Europe, yeah. um, Germany, Barbados, St. Kitts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could keep going on and on, but I used to dream about these places basically. Yeah. So every time I jump on a plane, literally, as I remember her telling me that. Mm-hmm. Every single time up to this day, even if I go into Bago, I just remember her telling me, you just don't know where life could carry. Yeah. So she basically was a, she had a real big influence in terms of my whole career where it is now. But I still don't know how I get passes. After this day, I still feel as I'm yeah. a mistake. <laughs> yeah, at least school like six classes. After this day, I feel like it's a mistake made because like, what? So yeah, how you end up transferring from Arima sector? Right, when I used to play football. So right. I was in Starboy in Arima secondary school. Oh, you were good at football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was on the national like UT, national 17. I played with um, W Connection. I transferred over to Jabberty. I played with Joe Public. Then I went Army. It wasn't just like a hobby. Right. Like, I got a couple of scholarships, West Virginia. Serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just on the block, I didn't know better. You know, mm-hmm. I just didn't know right. better. When you don't know better, you just wouldn't do better because yeah. you don't know better, you know? So you just, like, you just yeah, think about like, the scholarships? Yeah, I like, scholarship, all the matter, like, block for life, and you know what I'm saying? Really? <laughs> I swear to God, I'm a mother. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I wasn't as educated as I am now. Right. So, now I look back, I'm like, hey, 
if I'd really take certain opportunities, but my life probably would have been different. Right. I mean, you never know which path you're going to go down I and in the end, know. it yeah. wouldn't have gotten you today yeah. necessarily. I might have go away, get, and back then, I was a, re- when I mean hot man, yeah. girls, I was lyrics man. I mean, I still have a thing now, but you know, I'm more composed now and more respectful. So, I mean, who knows, I might have go away for mm-hmm. a football scholarship. I might have get somebody pregnant across their type, my whole life and a whole child mother scene, you know, and that, Probably wouldn't build the kind of character I am now. Right. So after school, leave, buy for a couple of jobs and things, get to know I wasn't qualified because I, all I was my passes. I don't do any sixth form, no degree, anything. And then one day I was like, I get real frustrated. I was like, well, I, can't, I can't be broke every day. So I was like, I'm going to supply him on the block. Fellas turn on the block. They was like, yo, Richard Switch, I'm type that I'm going to be again. I started dressing different because of the girlfriend I had at the moment. She, you know, she teach me how to be respectful and whatnot. And my life started transforming. It was uncomfortable. Like transformation is the most uncomfortable, but necessary thing. Yeah. And the best thing about it is the look back. You see when you look back six months or a year from now, you're like, that is really, there's no Some challenge. Feeling. Yeah, there's no feeling better than that. And then I started to change life. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not do this so thing. I, I learned some in school, I can make the case and make the But initially, what the teacher taught me was the basics. Make a pants, make a shirt, that was it. Nothing about bikinis, resort, which is a whole different world. Um, left school, so I said, okay, I'll do that. I had an aunt that used to sew. Nothing big. Didn't say I did, whatever. So I tell her, let me help you out. So I help out, and the more I help out, there's more work I get. So I said, I can make money from this. Then one day, Somebody say you can use so you can make a shirt, make a shirt here, make a pants there. You know, people start to get with them out, and then I was like, I just type of person. I like to be the energy of the party. Like I like the diff- I like to be the. I wouldn't be the one quiet in a corner. I don't like to fall in. Long story short, I don't like to be basic. Mm-hmm. I said, let me step it up. Let me do something more exciting. Right. Said, let me choose swimwear. I had no idea how to make swimwear. No, like that's a whole different world. Swimwear is a whole different world. Yeah, different sewing machines, everything. Oh, different machines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Different machines. Okay. Um, went online, see it on YouTube. I was like, okay, I don't have the machines. So, I'll just use this machine I have. You could use a cheap method on a normal machine, but it wouldn't be as sturdy. It wouldn't look as neat. They did like the cheap methods for a couple of people. They're like, oh, they're so good. And in my mind, I was laughing, saying, if they only know I did this on like a little, my little grandmother tabletop machine. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, imagine if I get the real machines. So, there's this place I used to go in Sour. Um, Jeepers, big up Jeepers, so then. Jeepers, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sticking all the years. Um, I used to go there and like buy little small things. I buy, um, like seam rippers, you know, I buy like chalk, tread. That's a company that bring down machines. So they basically will have everything that I need. And every time I walk in the store, I see all the machines I need. And I tell myself, I keep telling myself over like two, three years, yeah. I said, yo. I could do this and I get them machines and buy. I don't know how I get in them because it's expensive, right? So mm-hmm. like the machines I need for swimming, one is like thirteen thousand, the other one's like ten thousand, and the other one's like seven thousand. So I was like, wait, I got money, right? And uh, me as a youth man, I come out of school, don't really know. I, I don't have a job. I just do, I was like, I'm not gonna make that money. Um, I just so like to get by with my aunt. I decide for like about a year and a half, and I couldn't even let my friends know because if I was, if I'd let them know. They would have classed me, like, you know, like, funny man, kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. And coming from that transition, from the block to doing that, they wouldn't accept it. Yeah. But when I did the transition, I started to lose friends. And it hurt me at first. And then later on, I was like, yo, if I didn't lose them, I would not be where I am today. So it was necessary. It's like, you can't fly with a bag of bricks. You need to let go the bricks. That's right. You know? So after like a year and a half, two years, keep on winning there. I was like, well, let me take this thing serious. Went, registered my name. Didn't know what I was going to do. And then... I get call from a friend I used to work within that two year period I got six months no, I got a couple months contract. A little job in TSTT. Alright, yeah. Worked yeah. there for a little bit. And this girl I still work with, everybody used to me be mean to her. I always used to be nice to her. Not because I like her anything, but that was just me. I cool with everybody. Like a lamely CEO, a calamity vagrant. And as I was cool to her, when I left, we talk and thing after cool. And one day she messaged me, she said that casting call. For me, right, to make promo outfits for the promo girls for Canberra. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, so why are you calling me? She's like, well, then this is a designer. I was like, no, I'm not a designer. All this time, I not see myself as that. Mm-hmm. I just see myself as a hustler, somebody who could sew. And like, I don't know where's this designer thing. And, you know? Yeah, this kind of thing they label in here. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, boy, just make five outfits. She's sending teams to me. She's like, these are the teams, these are the fets. 
make up with my cheat fed. I was like, okay, cool. They did carry down. Went in there, went in there. Other local designers were there. Don't want to call any Big name designers big, there. Yeah, big, big name designers. I ain't talking about no now come, but big name what designers. Year we, what year are we in now? Right now. In, in eight, 17, that was, could be about five years ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Corona. And so as I see them, I already feel intimidated. I was like, why did they bring me here? But it embarrassed me. <laughs> I look at that one, that one. In my mind, went in. So they was like, okay, let me see that. Show her my sketches. For each sketch, I made a sample. She's like, you made these? I was like, yeah. She's like, no, you actually sketched this and made this. I was like, I actually sketched this from scratch. And I made this from scratch. <laughs> she said, okay, the interview done. Right. Within like a minute. Wow. Wow. So I got, I don't say, you know what? God, this could bring me here to embarrass me, boy. Because everybody went in, went in for like a good 20 minutes, half an hour. I took like, like a minute and a half. So I'd leave and... So boy, I said, when are the interview done? She said, when is the done? You know, we'll call you. I was like, okay, cool. I'll leave and I'm walking on. I'll never forget that I'm walking on Park Street. I'm going down Frederick Street. Last, um, it was TST Park Street, the interview was. And I'm walking on Frederick Street. And I'm cussing. I said, boy, just give me a boy. It embarrassed me, boy. <laughs> the day after, now I'm upset. I never message her nothing. Eh? She called me anymore. I said, girl, you trying to mess me up or something? I said, what can we do for? Let's, I take like a minute and a half. Them, the woman run me out of the office. <laughs> I said, the line <laughs> She's like, no. She's like, I didn't want to tell anything about it on the other part because they already see what they wanted in terms of what you did and the fact that I did a sketch and a sample. Man. I said, what? You sure? Me? <laughs> nice. I was like, wait, wait. I, I said, what if I was really a designer, boy? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, fool is a designer. <laughs> <laughs> then that's why I really, like, started taking it serious. Uh, and from that, basically, <laughs> I did that for mm-hmm. them. So they called me a couple, they called me the day after Organized with them, they gave me budget, whatnot, did carnival season not finish. I made some money from it and I had I mean at that age I like I didn't know how to spend and manage finances. So I gave right. my mom some money. I didn't use my head to take the money to buy That's it. a good way to manage it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't use my head to take the mach- the money mm-hmm. to buy the machines I needed. Right. right. So I bought a car, I gave my mom some money and some money I mean like a small amount of money. They might not fancy car, but it was a decent car. You bought a car cash. Yeah, I bought a car so cash. So you were able to buy a car cash yeah. as a new designer. Yeah, the, the payment, the payment <laughs> yes. again, was good. It was good. I mean, it's been well. So, mm, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But how did it feel to have that first kind of re- like real and intimate? Me. It wasn't me. It didn't feel real? Nah. It wasn't. <laughs> like, like, I never forgot when I was going to buy the cars. Like, this happening right now. Did I feel like a dream? Yeah, I was so poor. Let me tell you something. We were so poor, I'm telling you. We, like, they would cut our electricity. We used to have to go by the neighbor and do homework. I didn't used to do my homework. My brother didn't used to do homework. We used to go across and pretend to be doing homework just to not disappoint my mom. And when we go there, we used to be begging the neighbor for stuff to eat. I can buy a box of KFC. Mm. Literally, it was, it was, it was, but we was dirt poor. Do, 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 poor. And after I buy the car, and I didn't manage my money well, I just had a small piece of money made. So I said, okay, cool. I got next call about two weeks after Carnival from Ashley Christmas saying, this is the guy in charge of today go fashion week and blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, why are they calling me? Like, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> no, no, that's why I'm going to be like, right, so you still have to look like a designer. Yeah. Even after you know that like, you had after, a big campaign, you did even, your thing, you bought your car, all these things paid for everything. Even after, yeah, yeah. So they call you for today go fashion week and what happened? They call me and I said, like, okay, you want to call me? They said, like, well, um, somebody who wants to be mobile, um, people were sponsoring the show that year, and they mentioned the name that you made the promo of it, and you know, we wanted to come across and bring some swimwear, you know, blah blah blah, because it's today going to be going to swimwear. I was like, okay, cool, I'll do it. Hang on before, and I was like, no, I'm like, what the hell? Why are you gonna do that? Like, there's not a designer, why are you going there? <laughs> yeah, no, literally, it was that kind of mental battle with me. So and up to this point, up to that point, had you ever, did you ever think that, okay, designing is going to be my future? Or is it still no. like, this is the thing no. I'm, I'm hustling at just for now awesome. and I'm going to move on and do something else? Awesome. So these men just harass you to design and pay you money. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I never used to take it serious. Mm-hmm. Went to Bebo Fashion Week. There was a lot of top name designers there. Milling, uh, Claudia Pegas. Mm-hmm. I, I knew of them because of like media and then. Right. And when I went, um, I did the cheat method of the machine I had and made swim and it was it, I made it good enough where it could it could have been presented on stage. And when I went backstage, everybody's like, Who's you? Where you come from? You never go any we ever hear about you in UTT or Miami Fashion School or you just appear out mm-hmm. of nowhere. 
So I was like, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know what to tell. I just don't know how, I don't know how to speak to people. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, because remember, this was now the transition, transition stage from being on the street climbing, hustling, girls, gangsters, all that. And now going amongst business people and people who market themselves well. So I had to learn everything the raw, basically raw way. I didn't have parents to teach me and I didn't have schooling enough to guide me to a certain point where I could be somebody of, you know, like well-spoken and whatnot. So I had to learn everything from literally everything I learned, YouTube. YouTube? Yeah. I learned how to make bikinis, cover-ups, everything else on YouTube. Every cheat method, every blazer, every suit, wedding dress, everything I learned was YouTube because trial and, and YouTube trial and error. Wow. I would already know the basics, how to tread a machine, how to change stitch length, stitch size, blah, 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 different kind of techniques. And so I need you to learn that in secondary school. I learned school. that in secondary, in, in secondary school. Mm-hmm. But the advanced part, YouTube. So you're self-taught. Yeah. So after Tobago Fashion Week, which was success, right? Right. If I could say one of the best moments mm-hmm. of my entire career was after Tobago Fashion Week. So what happened? Was it like all of a sudden... Lots of attention, or did you just kind right. of feel more like it in yourself? Mm-mm. I went there, aced it, come back. When I mean aced it, I gave her a good showing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Came back, said, what are you asking about me? What not? I still wasn't thinking about it. I was like, cool, and whatever. Yeah, it was nice. Went to the place, same G Paul's place, to get some, something out together. I think it was a ruler or something. Something minor. So when I walk in the store, I saw the lady with her newspapers. She said, you was in some show in Tobago or something? I said, yeah. She said, where, where went that show? I said, well, some bikinis and whatnot. So she spent the papers and she showed me that. She said, look, you there. <laughs> I said, I, I even know that. She said, you're doing well, you're doing well. I said, yeah, girl. She said, so they get any money to go across there or anything? I said, well, girl, they ain't give me no money. They pay my flight accommodation, but they ain't give me no money. But you know, from the B-Mobile, I didn't have my son. I said, girl, from the B-Mobile contracts again. I have a small thing put on. She said, my money have. I said, girl, I have a small examine put on. She said, I make a deal. Trilly people. Yeah. She said, I make a deal. Yeah, I see you have a little potential. I see you have a little thing here. She said, give me whatever money you have. Take whatever machines you need. And you could pay more. You see that moment? Mm. That's when I know. Like, I look up and I say, by God, I see what you're trying to do. You see what you're designing now, right? Yeah. 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 That, that was the moment. Mm. If I could alter my whole entire life. That was the moment because that's not luck. Right. That that to me seems like fate, right? Like that is that's fate. that's your destiny just laying itself out in front of you like that. Luck is playing a lot to one you might win it. Mm-hmm. You one out of five hundred million people. Right. How it was aligned in a yeah. series of events. Right. That was perfect. It was just like everything kinda of like yeah. one after the other. Yeah. So since that moment, when you started to feel like, okay, I'm a designer now. Yeah, should get real. Stuff get real. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can yeah. say shit in the yeah, yeah, real. Because now, I sit down and I tell myself, yo, it are people around me that believe in me more than I believe in myself. Yeah. Let me tell you something. For people to believe in you, they must see something past ordinary. Yeah. And people will be seeing that. And this is what God sent all these people around me to say, you're a designer, you need to do this or whatnot. And I keep saying, nah, that's not for me, nah, not for me. At that point, I was like, I got, I see what you're saying. I started getting my, Shit, serious. I started to organize myself. I mean, I still a bit disorganized now, not where I want to be. But from then to now, as I got my this this thing getting serious. And from that point, when I get them machines, listen, did a collection post it up. My pause raising saying this. I get called for Columbia Fashion Week. Pan and Games had a cultural fashion show where they invite designers from the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I get invited to a show in Barbados, two shows in St. Kitts. Two shows and an interview in London. All these things are paid for. Right. I didn't have to put one dollar. All these things are people contacting me, emails, schools abroad, schools as far as Texas. They having like these cultural shows, they having a fashion show and they want to design us on the Caribbean. I got so much of invites and stuff all over the world. I had to turn on because the dates were clashing. Dates wow. were clashing and then... I so didn't all of a sudden your yeah. calendar is books so Yeah, yeah, it was... You it flying was, all over the place. It was... Listen, I would be first class going to London and I... I seen... I probably smoke a weed or something and just... <laughs> and you high. still think you're in a This can't be real. This could never be real. I keep telling myself this could never, ever, ever... Even when I'm in Colombia last year, I tell myself, yo, when I'm in Colombia, you seen designers from all over the world are talking about from Hong Kong, Ireland... 
every the furthest part of the globe and to think by the Colombian government invite me to represent Trinidad by so you're the only person they represent in Trinidad okay. wow how yeah. does it feel to be the ambassador basically like, well I mean I wouldn't say no right, but in this well, realm, right, yeah, like yeah, being the fashion yeah. ambassador at that show you're the at ambassador that, yeah, you're yeah, really yeah. like showing the country how does that feel um, it, it was real amazing yeah. because everybody look at every country differently. Mm-hmm. And in Colombia, you, because Trinidad Tobago is like a very tiny country, they wouldn't respect you until you see a work. Right. You know, we, we, we like a dot because as I say, you have designers from Mexico, Hong Kong, Canada, Europe, Germany, you know, so we like a dot. They look at the islanders like Jamaica, Trinidad, you know, these places as the lower end. Mm-hmm. So in the sea, they just give you more respect. And then there's a choir about here and, you know, whatnot, whatnot. But it was amazing feeling to know what I came from. Even if I just went there and just lime, just to know that they saw something in me to invite me mm-hmm. to send a ticket and accommodation and whatnot and whatnot. And I still not at my peaking best, then that says a lot. Right. Yeah, that was just last year. Yeah, that was last year. Really, so like, all of this basically, this, so this entire story has taken place in the last five years? The last five years of my life has been very unpredictable, but I mean, I had some real struggles to bad break up with the same girl. Mm-hmm. Five years or six? Yeah, well, five, six. But yeah, break up with the same girl, man. I was, we was in a relationship for about almost eight, nine years. Wow. wow. So that was like family intact, you know, everything, whatnot. That breakup messed me up, I fell off. And then you have all that stuff going on within your own family. Mm-hmm. Little things like that is just add up. Mm-hmm. So I've been through a lot of struggle, but I had a lot of success that I could be proud of. And I still, as I say, I still not even half of what I want to be at the moment. I like that. That's you know? good. Yeah, not even half. But Did you ever feel like, nah, I can't do this anymore. I haven't given up? Yes, I did this. Yes, I did this one workload. <laughs> The week before Carnival, I feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too much. You're just like, oh, everybody yeah. else. The week before Carnival, some periods for the August holidays, mm-hmm. those two periods, you just feel like that. The, the three, four days before Carnival, I feel like that. I said, I done. I, like, I done. I, I'm not, like, I vowed to sell my sewing machines and never sew again. And so why don't you do it? Because I love it. It's like you fall out with somebody you love. You just mm-hmm. want to kill them. But then when you want to lie down next to them, you want to hug them up. Right. So and let's talk about that a little bit. All right, so the week before kind of, so you're designing Monday, where you're designing Tuesday, where? Yeah, I didn't, I'm not with any band, mm-hmm. you see. I'll make money from people from the various bands. Okay. So basically, I freelance. What is Monday, where? That's for the listeners here who are, who are not from the Caribbean, who are not really intimate with the Trinidad mm-hmm. Carnival okay, going, so, goings on. So as everybody knows, Carnival and Trinidad is two days, Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, you have your costume. Monday, Bands give you freedom to wear basically whatever you want. So Monday wears, Monday wears where you could choose your individual outfit to wear on Carnival Monday. It could be a long pants, it could be a tights, it could be a bikini, a decorated bikini, it could be a shorts. Monday wears whatever you choose to wear on that day itself. And bands used to actually like give out maybe like yeah. a very basic kind of... Yeah, long ago they used to give out tube tops and um spandex shorts, but that is like... 1939. <laughs> 1939. But, you know, they, they have, that's because, knowing that what contributes a lot to it too is because the level of fashion is raising. The industry is getting a bit more saturated in terms of costume designers, bikini mm. designers, designers on the whole. Fashion is raising, is on the rise, I should say. And because it's on the rise, people refuse to wear a tube top and a spandex. Yeah, shorts. that's just one cut. That anymore. won't cut it anymore. What do you want to look uh, more unique in their own way? What do you like most about the process of creating bring an idea to life the fact that when you have it in your mind you could think about thinking about it is one thing but when you bring it to life mm-hmm. when you're almost done when you're 90% and you're almost like the, on the last few stitches and you watch it just be like yes this is what I was talking about <laughs> so what inspires you because okay I'm always amazed by visual artists and people who have to create things mm-hmm. from an idea because I'm someone who I need to actually see it. I can build things, but I need mm-hmm. to be able to see it first. Where does your inspiration come from? Where does your vision come from? When you're starting a sketch and you're looking at a blank sheet of paper, how does that turn into these gorgeous If I tell you, you might things? believe my book. I swear to God, what I do sometimes, I choose designs on the fabric. So when I'm buying fabric, uh-huh. I would buy it with no design in mind. 
Yeah, I know you always say, I like this fabric, so let's buy it. I like fabric. Yeah. So I buy the fabric I like. And if I see a leopard fabric I like, I feel like I really like that. And I'll take the leopard fabric. And then I, I love color. Color combination, print combinations. And I'll, I'll ask somebody if, if they're home with me or wherever I am. I'll say, what do you think about these two things going together? They'll be like, nah, that's crap. That could never go together. They'll be like, okay, so no way, no how you think that could go together. <laughs> never. <laughs> So, all right, <laughs> I'll take the tie-dye fabric, put on the waistband. I'll take the tie-dye fabric, put patches on the leopard. And when I finish it and I present it, they, they will be like, nah, mm-mm. that's not the same two fabric. I wouldn't say it comes, I like, have like an inspiration or whatnot. What inspires me to get creative mm-hmm. is sitting over listening to Marshall Montano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's actually really cool to yeah. hear like one artist inspiring another. Yeah, I'm telling you like, Sometimes I'll be sewing and if my mom passed to check me, she'd think I'm mad because I'll be sewing and I'll sample and start a dance. Not wine, but I'll start a dance in the music and I'll probably have a little alcohol with me. But I'll pour I do the same thing when I work it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Half as crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I'll pour, I'll pour some Marshall, I'll pour a Marshall Montana playlist uh-huh. and I dance and then take a five minutes of dance and I'm watching a piece of fabric and I, I dance and I'm thing and I'm watching it and I say, yeah, it just bring out my it just bring on energy, that energy, yeah, that, that yeah. um, that explosive way that you want to express yourself, that you wouldn't be able to express it on a calm head. Right. So it's kind of you have to. Do you feel like you have to get in a zone? Yeah. Like when you get in these, yeah, zone, yeah, you're like yeah. Just yeah. All creative people, yeah. at some point, will need to get in that zone, and that for me is like one of the climax of my zone, because at that point is where I could do real damage. Like I could be like, yeah, I could take that tie dye fabric make a dress and I could, you know, do this and do that. So that's one of the peaks of my, uh, of that zone, I would say. That's really cool. So you do Monday wear, mm-hmm. you do bikinis, gorgeous pieces, which mm-hmm. I've seen. Um, and then you also do resort wear, right? I could make anything. Well. I could make anything. I just narrow it down. Yeah. I just narrow it down because I'm a beach ball. That's the next side of me. I'm a beach ball. Mm-hmm. The beach also inspires me in the opposite way. When I'm too much is going on in my mind, etc., and I need to calm down, I'll go boogie boarding on the beach or on the beach and slime. And that's the down moment, the down reset moment. But basically, I could make any garment you could think about. From a car cover, pillowcases, come right up, blazers, jackets, wedding dresses, skates, resort there, you name it. As long as it could be made from fabric, I remember mm-hmm. first time I went by Hutch just to get to cut my uh, t-shirt into a vest or something. <laughs> and I was talking to him so much, you know, like, we could do so. See, Kevin, I could take that curtain and make you a suit. Mm-hmm. I said, what? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've literally made jackets from curtain fabric. That's a Cinderella story, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you what it is. No, that, was like, that was an interactual movie. <laughs> yeah, because our clients come to me that say that they want something unique. Right. But they want something different. They want no fabric anybody else have. But if they don't put the curtain fabric in the curtain section in the store, then you wouldn't think you wouldn't know. Fabric. Yeah, and when they see it's like, yo, where get this one? This, I was like, you don't know, that's that's curtain fabric, but it's, it's a high quality one. So now that you are officially a designer mm-hmm. and you refer to yourself as one, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where do you feel like your confidence comes from? Because I think it's very good and very important to, especially as like a young black entrepreneur doing your own thing and as a creative as well. Do you, do you ever get any pushback like when you're doing a presentation for like I guess you design your own line so you don't have the same pressure mm-hmm. but I know sometimes you know, if you're designing for something like mm-hmm. you're designing for a brand or for a, a promo team or something do you mm-hmm. ever get pushback to say okay well, we want it more like this and you kind of have to say no this is the vision in that aspect you need to be in the middle point and give the client what they want mm-hmm. but you also be real with them so somebody might want something and I might say, okay, because of the sizes of the gears they're using, I would not advise her to use this color on them. You know, I highly advise you don't use this color because you have a chance you could make the gears look skanky. If they say, okay, what other color we could use, I would give them, you know, alternative options and try and work with them. And then you have the, the opposite clients now, which very, very picky and own way and very not easy to deal with. Right. And I would consistently say, you know, I don't think you should do that. That is the best advice, is in your best interest. You'd be like, no, 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 I want it this way. Okay. When you reach that point of being like, no, 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 I insist. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm just here to make it. And then 
one hour into the event, whatever it is, you send me a message saying, yeah, we should not really make the cut of the bikini that high. And then I just copy and paste, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you will actually tell yeah. them. I, I told, told you so. <laughs> and, and like, I don't, I don't even, they would send me on to that, yeah, I don't think thing because the girls kind of take and this color and blah, blah, blah. And people passing and seeing that they like how this looking or some, something. It could be for a, for a promo group, a party group, a, a brand, a milk company. It could be for anybody. And all I would say is, I told you so. Right. Because I, I literally me. told you so. Because you have to, as a designer, you have to also trust yourself and yeah, trust what you know. Yeah. You see, when I'm when I'm making something, if, if a company comes to me, let me say, as I say, a, a juice brand or you know, and I call any specific name, mm-hmm. milk brand, any any company at all, and they say, okay, I want X Y Z, I will design something, but then I take myself out of being a designer and I put myself in the eyes of a patron. If I'm a patron and I walk in and I see this outfit on a girl, what would I think? Being a designer, you could get lost in yourself. You could so like something that you could see it on a a fridge and find it look good. <laughs> but really, actually look crappy. You understand? That's actually really interesting. So you then also have to put yourself in the mind of a consumer, of the consumer yeah. and say, okay, well, how does this look yeah. to somebody else? You have to. You have to because as I say, I could love, let's say I love checkered print. Mm-hmm. I would love checkered print on every, all my shirts, on my pants, but eventually a checkered shirt with a checkered pants might be too much, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't, as a designer, don't get so lost in yourself that you insist this looks good together. You have to be real. So a checkered shirt might look good with a black pants. You right. have to be real. And that also trickles down, which is something even more important, is the people you have around you. You don't need any yes men around you. I'm just about to ask you. Yeah. I I used to enjoy all the yes men. All the, anybody asking, how oh, does this look good? It looks so good. It looks good. How oh, does this look good? Good. Everything looks good. So everything looks good. I used to think that those were the people and friends I need around me. Those are not the people and friends I need. Those are, I need the people and friends around me. And I say, no, that's, that looks like crap. That not going with that. And I'm telling you, that not going with that. Because even though I'm a designer, I, I don't know everything. Or I might make something and looking off. They'd be like, how are I looking off so? And I'd be like, yeah, that looking off. Let me do it over. Okay. Those are the people I need around me. I'd like to give a small clap for that. Because <laughs> that's actually very important. Yeah, yeah. But, but when you're not experienced, you could get lost in the, well, I call them yes men. Mm-hmm. In the bubble. You could get lost in that very easy. Yeah. You know, yeah, oh, my hair looking, looking real good. Your hair looking like crap. <laughs> but the real friends, yeah. your real friends is the ones to say, yo, you're doing crap. Dog. Like, you had to buck up on this, so you had to pull up on that. Mm-hmm. You might get vexed with them, but those are the people in need around you. And they're going to make you better. Yeah. 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 As a black man in a in an industry which I assume does not have a lot of men in it, or does it? Mm-mm. I think more and more, right? But fewer than women. Yeah. How does it feel to kind of be expressing, being able to put yourself in basically the eyes of your clients, who are usually women, but still kind of retain this identity as being like a very strong black man, like working, doing your thing? Like, do you um, have more feel like this? Well, you understand? I cannot have an advantage. <laughs> In that aspect, because when a woman puts on something, who she will ask if it's looking good? A man, her man, a man, some man, some man. Mm-hmm. And that's why now 98% of the times when I give women advice in terms of outfits, they don't question it. Whereas if you ask your girlfriend how this looking, you'd be like, okay, well, she might say everything looking good. You know, so it could be a bit of an advantage. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's an mutual point. But sometimes it's an, it's an advantage because they would, um, who my opinion, more, str- more strong. That's interesting. I yeah. didn't think about it that way, but that's actually Yeah, funny. because if I'm sitting here and your girlfriend sitting there, who you would have, if two of us say your outfit looks good, who you will, who you will more be like, ooh, that look. I guess it depends. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I definitely understand what you're saying. And I think that's interesting. In terms of like your interaction with other designers, do you ever feel like people still kind of be like, well, where do you, where you come from? Like, like no, why no. you're a dude in this space, or do they are they kind of cool about it? Like, no, no, everybody, no, 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 everybody cool. I have no issues with any other designer. I have no personal problem. I never fall out with anybody. I respect everybody. Mm-hmm. Every every designer is genuine in their own way. A lot of people judge certain things and see a lot of things, but I will always say everybody have a different idea. It might be a different way of putting it forward, but everybody is genuine in their own way. So. I think everybody's genuine in their own way and everybody 
all designers created in their own way. Like I respect everybody. Okay. I actually wanted to ask a question about that. So mm-hmm. like the competitive environment, right? So you have a whole heap of designers out there and stuff. Like how is the relationship between these guys? Is it competitive? Is it uh, cutthroat? Is it um, the collab? Designers on the whole have a lot of egos. Right. I just a start. And when egos clash, there will always be at some point this person don't like that person don't take it back or you know something. Some of them from what I have heard and seen, they have issues with each other or, you know, whatnot. Who don't talk to who and whatnot. I don't get involved. I see everybody. I hear out everybody. I talk to everybody. It's very competitive. But at the same time, how I look at it is that I would not fear something that is not attracted me. That okay. That's just me. So I think other designers, because of their ego, some probably have lower egos than others. So they might be, they might feel intimidated. I'm not intimidated by anyone, and I don't know if anybody's intimidated by me, but I am very cool with everybody. As I said, I have no issues with anybody. Because again, so saturated now, in terms of the whole designing thing, it gained a bit watered down, and the genuine designers gain more respect, naturally, from the designers that just, as people would like to say, just came about. How do you stand out in such a crowded space? In your whole designing career, you have to find something, not just outfit-wise or print-wise. You have to find a way to merge it in a way where you could attract people to want what you have. So if me and you use the same fabric, and you make a bikini, and I make a bikini, and I make a bikini with buttons or a zipper, and something as simple as that, it have many ways in the designing world you could do things differently. You just have to find that one or two things and capitalize on it. So for me right now, one of my biggest things right now is shorts. Yeah. Because the whole bikini thing, I don't want to say played out, but everybody's doing it. It's come like everybody was like, oh, next bikini, next bikini. I woke up one day and I was like, everybody do bikini. He's like, what I could do? And I was like, no, I'm not doing anything for the men. Let me make some shorts for the men. And that was it. That is my shorts came in Colombia. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's my yeah. shorts literally came. When male I shorts or like male and female yeah. shorts? No, I'm going to do female shorts on Monday. I do male and female. Sorry, I just did a fist yeah. bump. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, because once again, I recognize people bite at the things that nobody want to touch on. Like before I was doing me specifically me shorts, there was probably one or probably two designers doing it. And the way that they were doing it was probably a bit conservative. Yeah. So that's why I said, okay, the spins up, put on the bikinis and put them on the shorts. Let me experiment. And after the first one I did, I was like, yo, I could turn this right up, bro. And then when I started to do it, like, people from all over the world mm-hmm. would message me. I have people going, I have a, I'm done going a wedding in Barbados. They want a dozen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's like, where you come up from? Like, you're God sent. Because it's one thing to get shorts, but it's the next thing to get shorts that could actually fit you. Yeah, because it's the tailoring. Like, when I was looking at the designs that you do, especially for the men, it's really the tailoring that makes it different. I mean, yeah, yeah the way you put the colors together is very unique as well yeah. but yeah. is he tailoring because that's what makes it look a certain way it needs to always be like that mm-hmm. that's what makes it unique once again you find one it could be something very small but you find that unique thing that works for you yeah. and you keep going at it so that's what they would call your competitive advantage yeah I would think my, my detailing I would say I'm a color combos and my market demand in terms of you have a brand yeah I can make things I like but that don't mean it'll sell but, okay. but if two of you all only like dresses and if every time I make dresses you all buy then I'd keep finding creative ways to keep making dresses right. if it's not broken to fix it mm-hmm. so that's just the little things that I would say I would use to capitalize and to stand up from the other competitors is there an event or an accomplishment or an idea that you see in your mind which you'd make you feel like I made it like this is the thing that I've been working towards do you have something like that mm-hmm. would you like to share it with us <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you don't want to I don't want to share it but it's, it's two things I have in mind uh-huh. when I do those two things uh-huh. that's when I, I could say I could pump my chest and I could look back and say yeah boy yeah uh, so you have two goals that you can't articulate just yet it's just fine I'll give you one one is to have my own international bikini show. 
top models from all over the world to represent different parts of the world. A corporate event, a very well put together and well executed event that it could be recognized throughout the region and other parts of the world. I love it. That's one of the things I have. So you see how similar to, I would say, I want to have my own Victoria's Secret fashion show. That's where, at that point, I'll know, yeah, boy. So what do you think you need to do for that to happen? Um, there's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of planning, uh-huh. but there's a lot of investing, mm-hmm. financial investment. Okay. If I had the financial backing now, I mean, I'd do it. Mm-hmm. But a show like that will cost in the millions. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's that the on stage alone to could make be, it look yeah, how you want it yeah, to look. Yeah, it could be that that alone could run in almost a million. A million TT or US? Yeah, TT, TT. All right, so maybe yeah. one million US. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, one question which I always have for Trinidadian entrepreneurs in particular is how do you tackle that challenge of the financing environment? Because I know in Trinidad, like, people don't want to give you money. You know, mm-hmm. you, like, you don't have, we don't have very creative institutions Mm -hmm. and they're very risk averse so within the design community is there any sort of discussion as to how to really make that step up because clearly you have the talent you have the demand and so then how do you think about how to close that gap there's a saying talent doesn't beat hard work Mm -hmm. it could be all all it could be the world's most talented footballer but if every time you get the ball by the goal you're lazy You'll never score. Talent could never be hard. I just have to work and work and work. Find ways to increase my income. Find ways to increase bias. Find ways to increase interest in my brand. Uh, a lot of merchandising, hats, on the beach bags, on the flip flops. All these things is what will make it went from bikinis and shorts to bags, flip flops, to other brand. things. Mm-hmm. And as your brand expands, your finance will expand. So I may not do a show with five million, but if I could do one with one million, then right, for you me, start and then you keep yeah, going. yeah, but that in itself will be an accomplishment. Yeah. You can, um, all right, just kind of describe your ideal customer for me. It's all about relationship because at some point, money it wouldn't matter for me. It's about relationship, it's about people who not just enjoy my brand or wearing stuff that I make. But it's people who did little things. Like our clients have like Christmas time to bring up a plus champagne or you know, they would FaceTime from the beach in Barbados and say, you know, I would, you know, much compliments I get. And sometimes these are the same clients. They might be in a little hard nutshell and say, you know, it's, it's my wedding. What kind of brooks and I want a bikini and, you know, I, I can't pay for it now. I'd make like three bikinis and like two cover-ups and give up. Because it's a little, it's, for me, it's about relationship. All right. Quality will always be remembered long after price is forgotten. Yeah. So whether that's my real cool too. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of yeah. wisdom sharing. <laughs> so not just quality in clothing, but quality in people. Mm-hmm. Because people sit down with me and they think I'm a machine. People are scum, they want ba 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 make this. And then when they talk to them and they recognize, boy, you real cool. Then they just start to hear about marriage problems, they start to hear about children problems, they start to hear about abusive problems and as good, I still don't just always sit down and talking and give them advice. And read not not robotic advice. No, well, he gave you trouble, done with him. You know, I say, well, okay, your boyfriend gave you trouble, you know. So now and talk to him and see if you really love him. Try and work it out. Or, you know, be real. Mm-hmm. And once again, goes back to quality. Will always be remembered long after prices were gotten. So your quality is worth more than, than your money to me. Even though the money is worth something still, <laughs> you know. But I mean, those are also the types of customers who will stick with you. Yeah. Those are the ones that now. Kind of loyal, yeah, brand yeah, loyalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the ones all, all July again message Monday way, doing more Monday way. And don't get me wrong, they have money. A lot of them have a lot of money. They could go Victoria's Secret in the states and buy a, a three hundred or Victoria's Secret is not doing what you do. I've seen what you do. And they're not doing. <laughs> We're just saying they, they could go. They could go somewhere. Trust me, because a lot of them when they shop, they like, I see the kind of things these women spend money on. And listen, six hundred dollar US bikini. What? Actually, yeah. Yeah, and like, is it really like a bra? And a basic bottoms with like a silk bow. I said you pay six hundred dollars. Six hundred and forty US. I'm not asking. I'm telling you, a lot of websites have a lot of expensive bikinis. 
Colombia, listen, I couldn't believe the price of the case in Colombia. No, don't get me wrong. One of the fashion meccas in the world that I did not know mm-hmm. in South America. Okay. Bikini selling for 800 US. Woo! To manufacture the shorts. I was supposed to manufacture shorts in Colombia. Mm-hmm. You know what make me stop? You know what you're charging me to manufacture good shorts? What you're charging you to manufacture shorts? Yeah, like, okay, I want to manufacture shorts in Colombia. Yeah. So they're printing whatever print I want. I can send them a sketch. Oh, oh they handle the prints and stuff? They do the printing. Okay. They do the manufacturing. Oh, so they do the production essentially? They do the whole production essentially. Okay. Because I was, I was, when I went to Colombia, I was weighing out options in terms of doing mass production. Yeah. You yeah. must be charging me. Oh, 380 US. Cool shorts? Cool shorts. That is crazy. That is Just insane. I thought the margin came on the other side. That's yeah. crazy. You, you, would, you would think, yeah, you think if you're doing on mass, it would be cheaper, and then you would just imagine mm-hmm. it's not on even handcrafted because he's side. individually handcrafted his stuff. Because yeah. it doesn't count. When you're doing it on a mass production scale, mm-hmm. it doesn't count. They tell me I could only get it down to 220 US if I do 100,000. Wow. Jesus. So you, so that means that you do your production here in China? I do all my production home. So we're selling products on the street. And now we, you know, we're, we're haggling with, um, with production yeah. contractors. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of good. It, I mean, don't get me wrong, Columbia, that was very nice. They'll talk and laugh at you. And um, business time come, they, they about, they about money because it's like the Mecca of South America. Yeah. And why when was the capital? So you have thousands of people. That's- What's well, Bogota? No. no, not the capital. It, where I went was the fashion capital. Oh, the fashion capital, mm-hmm. okay. There basically is hundreds of thousands of investors, mm-hmm. company investors, mm-hmm. passing through every day. So in their mind, they don't need you. That's why they could do their prices. I, I don't need you. I have hundred thousand people passing through here. I have a Russian guy that has a store in London and he needs 200,000 extra. He made, he's going to sign a check, cut it, blah, blah, blah. All right, so let's look at the Victoria's Secret item that sells for six forty, right? Mm-hmm. A comparable Hutch item. How much would that sell for in US? Probably half the price. Not even half, probably less than half. But Victoria's Secret has branded. Yeah. Right? So their design doesn't have to be all that. So consumers are really better off getting a Hutch swimwear instead of. I wouldn't say better off because I could give the same quality. If I even if I give the same quality as Victoria's Secret, because Victoria's Secret has a bigger branding mm-hmm. than me, people make more with it. But then, what about the person that is more interested in design than brand? Exactly. Yeah, so that's why I have to capitalize on. If people are more interested in design, yeah. quality, and yeah. all of that. It's not something I would try to compete with. I would just do what I do. Right. And it will attract the people that want what I do. Right. So, what advice would you give to like a young a young black boy listening to this podcast and he's like, listen, I don't even know what I want to do. I don't care about school. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. What would you advise him? Because a lot of people are going to be telling him, listen, you had to do this, you had to do that, X, Y, Z. How do you kind of find your own thing? Two things. Yeah, I have no excuse. There's no, I was too poor. My mother didn't like me. My teacher didn't like me. I didn't, I wasn't rich like my friends. Father never gave me a million dollars. You have no excuse. None. Literally. You could be living in the worst of the worst area. Drugs, illegal stuff. You have no excuse. As one. And if you decide to get past that and you don't have an excuse and you decide to go down the road of working hard, always remember if you're going through hell, keep going. That is simply it. If you're going through hell, just keep going. You eventually at some point hell must finish. Just keep going. Yeah. Easier said than done. You'll cry for a lot of nights. You'll feel to lose your mind. You'll feel to not wake up. But if you're going through hell, keep going. That's it. Is there anything you miss about your former life? <laughs> a lot of things. Um, not caring. You're just not caring. Yeah. Uh, easier to, but I mean you, you have to care if the police is coming you have to nah, take a drink no nah, that's more thing not caring we are partying Monday to Monday drinking lyman smoking selling illegal stuff <laughs> um, making money on the block not caring you know our partner died today we cry next week we alright again not caring now I actually have dreams and aspirations I didn't have any dream and aspirations that was my life that was my peak that was my peak I could, I could live until 
eight years old doing that. Now actually, I have so much goals, so much things I want to achieve. Do you ever feel like you're now being forced to portray someone who's like not your authentic self? Like, all right, so now you're in kind of social circles and stuff. You'll have to carry yourself a certain way and stuff. But is it like you really just want to be you? Do you ever feel like you're constraining the inner dominant? No, because for me, life is about evolving. If I am the same person now, I was five years ago, then I feel. That's just me. I could be wrong, but that's just me. And if five years from now, I'm the same person that I am now, you know, then I feel. So five years ago, I didn't have half the manners at talk and blah, blah, blah. So I don't feel that pressure that I need to fit into circles and, you know, whatnot. Last question. So for those who have creative talent, but maybe live in depressed areas or they don't have the right network, the right societal groundings to kind of push them in the right direction. What advice would you give them? I don't mean to give away like 10 million. No, I mean, I literally used to think this years now <laughs> uh-huh. and I saw it, so somebody write it on uh, Facebook. It will never be perfect. Make it work. It will never, ever be perfect. If you're waiting to have $20,000 in your bank account and you have groceries in your fridge and you have a car and you have a house and you have everything so good and everything so perfect and everything is taken out, it will never be perfect. Never, 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 never. But just do it anyway. You have to just do it anyway. Take action. It will never be ideal. The time will never be ideal. I used to wait on the ideal moment. The ideal moment, I used to say, you know what? I'll wait till I have for example, perfect example, I don't have my machines. The machines I have now would for ten let's say about forty five thousand dollars. If I had a way to save forty five thousand dollars, I might have still be saving. You might have missed out on the opportunity yeah. to be uh, do everything you're doing now. Yeah. But I kept going. I was going through hell and I kept going and I made it work. And then the machines that I had to go to the machines came to me. So it will never in your life be perfect. Never. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a question. Do you have any mentors? I know that there were several like influential people as you're coming up. Elon Musk. Yeah? Yeah. Tesla, man. Elon Musk had nervous breakdowns, lost his wife, had to divorce because he's working too much. Big ministers, vice presidents came up on stage and said Tesla will never make it. Tesla will fail. There's no possible way. Like I talk about this now and I want to cry. There's no way for electric car to survive mm-hmm. in this economy. It can't happen. They literally did everything to make Tesla fail. He asked for a loan from the government. They tell him no, because everybody's saying it's going to fail. They eventually gave him the loan. He paid back the loan with interest. And Tesla is one of the most prestigious electrical cars now. In terms of locally, Mm -hmm. what people I interact with, I have the most, utmost respect for the friends that are real with me. For the friends I want to do in shippingness, I have a project to do on a line the night before. They're saying, yo, big to big, we good on thing. But you know, you have to finish that. This can't go on Friday though. Why it makes sense to go in that cruise and you're going to be late with blah, blah, blah. I have a respect for them, man. Those are the ones I hope close. Very mm. close Makes sense because they keep you on track. They're making sure yeah, you stay yeah, successful. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have five, yeah, I have five soldiers that I can depend on in terms of that being that real. Mm. You know? It's have people like Kevin and think, I don't know as long. I know what, our year and something now. Yeah. But they're they still, they're still really like that. But I talk about people that I know years mm-hmm. that I grew up with. Yeah. Nice, man. How about it, boy? No, 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 no. That's all. So as you're wrapping this up, we want to give the listeners some information. So where can they find you? Where can they find, where can they find you to buy some product? Where can they find you for mentorship? <laughs> um, Instagram, almost Instagram handles are Dominic Hutch. Kitty made me at Dominic Hutch TT at gmail.com. Instagram Dominic Hutch, Twitter Dominic Hutch, Facebook Dominic Hutch. Store is located at Normandy Hotel, St. Anne's, and studio located at 6th Avenue Baratire. Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago. You have, a, you have any online stores also? 2018 are doing a online, not an online store, a website basically where you can order mm-hmm. payments on. Right. And basically you can get it delivered at any part of the world. We do shipping. Well, I will be doing shipping uh, with my team basically any part of the world. Excellent. Sounds great. All right. Sarah, 
Thank you so much for the excellent questions, girl. Because I don't know anything about this industry, you know. <laughs> she turned right on. She turned right on. But I think I have a new customer. In her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I am definitely going to be ordering some stuff. But thank yeah. you so much for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was. It was. And um, Dominic, thanks a lot, bro. See you around.